Are you looking for a laugh a minute? Do you want to have a good time? Are you looking to make your day a little better? Well, this might not be the episode for you, and if that doesn't sell it, here's something else that won't sell it. I'm honest with you in this one. Having a little bit of a tough time going through a little bit of that life stuff. Is it because of a thing? No, it's just how I'm feeling. This is episode 47. This is psychotherapy, and I'm the one the villagers call Jet Dunlap. I don't want to waste too much of your time because it's a long episode with what this is all about, but I will tell you that it's not a thousand laughs. It's 999, exactly. I counted it, and all laughs are the same. It's just what I and where I am at the moment and the insecurities that go along with that. The last episode was kind of in-your-face, Coach Jet. And that's fine. Sometimes I'm feeling that, and sometimes I'm feeling what you hear today. And that is human. Like I've said before, I am you if the dial is turned up to 10. Unless you're crazier than me, in which case, wow, that's terrifying. So maybe this episode will make you feel better about you going, well, I'm not that cuckoo bird, thank goodness. <laughs> and that's how you talk in your head. Or maybe it'll make you feel like you're not the only one who feels this way, because I do too. Today's topic is just about me looking at my life right now and saying, I don't feel like I'm doing the best I can. I don't feel like I'm in the best place I could be. Now, does that mean that that's like a prevalent thought? Like I'm ready to walk out the door? Absolutely not. I'm speaking to my insecurities and I'm doing it without a filter because I think that may be beneficial and that's where I feel right now. So without further ado, guys and guyettes, I present to you for your consideration the show everyone isn't talking about psychotherapy and you know that's starting right now so i realize that a lot of people who are listening to this show are listening to it for the first time i told you that accidentally on my two-year anniversary of sobriety my wife told me what the numbers were for downloads and subscribers. And the reason I didn't want to hear that, I don't know if it was ever, but not for a long time, was that I've done a lot of shows. Web shows, TV stuff, red carpet stuff, not as much TV stuff as I just pretended I did, but some TV stuff. Um, I'd like to make that more of the stuff I did, like pretend that I was a big star that you just missed. But uh, if you blink your eyes... <laughs> you would, did I just snort like a pig? You wouldn't have just missed me, but there was there was very little. You'd have to look for the guy behind the guy or the red carpet stuff to get picked up. But I mean, these were moments. So I want to, <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing this. I want to explain even more how hard I worked, how much material I did and how unfamous I was. Anyway, that does not take away from the fact that I edited thousands of hours of footage, probably meaning hundreds, and I did hundreds of episodes. That's 100% true from the age of like 20 to 35, 36. Reoccurring stuff, weekly stuff. And it got views, blah, blah, blah. But obviously, the question that people ask me in the past is, are you famous? And as always, if you have to ask someone that question, then they are not famous, right? If you have to ask them if they're famous, then they're not famous. Because if you went over to George Clooney and asked him if he was famous, that would be silly because you know him because he's Mr. Clooney. So I digress. I didn't want to know the numbers of this show because of that. When I did YouTube, when I did Instagram and got up to 9,000 followers on certain things that I was promoting or consulted, it was always about what I could get for what I did. 
And I didn't want this show to be that because this show started, if you go all the way back to number one, which I recommend because I don't want to waste our old listeners or loyal listeners. You're not old. You're as young as you were. What? Yesterday? No, you're not. You're older than that. Anyway, I don't want to alienate our longtime listeners because they've already heard this stuff before. But just know that this show came out of a desire to help people. (laughs) And that sounds so fake. But go back to story number one, episode number one. Today is going to be a fumbly word day because uh, I just see that coming. I might have to apologize a little bit if I didn't do it in the intro because I do the intro after the main intro. So uh, the last episode was harsh. It was on anxiety. And I know I'm digressing right now, so I'm going to make it fast. But uh, I probably caused a lot more anxiety than uh, than alleviated it. So I know it was a little tough. I am tough on myself. And sometimes I let that leak into the show. And I don't mean to because I don't want to treat you the way I treat myself because that's it's tougher than it should be treated. That's just you know, how I am. So sorry if that gave you anxiety. I'll make up for it later. Anyway, so the show started out of a uh, desire to help people. And I didn't want to know the numbers because I didn't want to be looking for the audience specifically. I didn't want my marketing and advertising mind to start trying to hit key demographics and cater the show to specific wants of specific people. Because by nature, that will become disingenuous, right? One of the coolest things about this show is I have no boss. I have no one telling me what to do, which is kind of redundant. That sounds like a boss. But I also don't have any feedback other than the feedback from the people I want to hear feedback from. Then I disseminate that information and I put it into my own kind of system and I do it the way I want to. And most of it is stream of consciousness. That wouldn't have happened if I was on network. That wouldn't have happened if I was on the radio. And that wouldn't have happened under any other median. So this is that benefit. And so I don't have to stick to any program. But I did found the numbers. I did. Man, me not be talk so good myth mouth make okay. Anyway, I did find the numbers out and it was good, but I'm not going to let that affect me. So one of the things I kind of wanted to go over in today's episode, if there is a theme, I don't know if I try to make it thematic. I don't know what I do. I just knew I needed to get on the microphone and talk to you. I want to keep these things kind of story based, but uh, sometimes (laughs) if you're in my mind or if you've listened to the show, uh, my stories kind of escape me. But here's what I want you to know about me. I am coming at you from where I am in the moment. And if you listen to this show, as I had recommended before, very early as an album, or even if you go five back or four back or whatever it is, it's going to make more sense. Now, I'm not saying not to start here because that's just how this is presented to us. But you're going to catch me on different days. Last episode, I've been in a real place right now in my life where I'm extremely tough on myself. I didn't feel well today when I was taking Gina's yoga lattes class, which is yoga and Pilates. And the other day when I recorded that episode, I was feeling hyper aware of my weaknesses. So when I was talking about anxiety, I was attacking it as I would myself. And I want you to know that because I don't have to say, are you like this? You are like this. We are all the same in this. If you catch me on the wrong day or sometimes I'm just like, (laughs) nothing is nothing. I don't like anything. I can't do anything. How did I ever do that? And that's kind of been the mode I'm in right now. And that's tough, right? Because... If I was a normal show, I wouldn't admit that stuff. Like right now, I'm just feeling low. Today when I was sitting around, I came back from the class, I'm just thinking too many thoughts. So because I was so hard in that last episode, you get a little glimpse into how hard I am in life on a regular basis. And when I don't do the things that I feel will bring me to the next level, then I get mad. And a lot of those things are out of my control, you know? I can't try harder in an industry that only lets me in when I'm allowed to go in. 
I never feel like it's enough. I want to push myself harder, faster. Doo 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 doo. Daft Punk. <laughs> Kanye West song. Uh, what was that? Circa 07, 08. But that's what I want. I want to do that. When I'm running, I'm running too slow. When I'm lifting, I'm lifting too little. When I look at myself in the mirror, it's not what I want. And that can be good in extreme moderation, but I'm not that. And the reason I say it can be good is because my brain can't help but look at that as better than the alternative, which is being completely satisfied in a slovenly way. And you're like this sloth that just does nothing. And I fight that instinct in myself. So when I am pushing myself, I don't see fault in it. But it's a tough way to live, man. And even when I do episodes a certain way and then I get a reaction, I want to do the next one the same way so I can get the same reaction. But that's not what I'm shooting for. I'm not trying to make it something that has a specific effect. And so last one was really intense. And hey, go out there, do that thing. I still feel that way. But when I'm lower, when my energy drops or maybe I have a cold. That's happened before I mistaked depression for colds or deep depression for colds. Having goals and striving for something is good. But when you're not achieving the thing you're striving for and you're out of alignment with what you feel is your purpose or your destiny and you get focused on the results and you're not there, it's easy to really feel bad. Especially when your energy is lower, you're not feeling well. I keep thinking all the things I've started, including stand-up comedy, working on my script again, they don't have any immediate results. Guess what? I wasn't discovered. Have you seen my late night show? It doesn't exist. Have you seen my comedy special on Netflix? You can't because it doesn't exist. And if you did, you're crazy because it, well, like I said, it doesn't exist. Have I said that enough? So just like I was telling the person in the last one that, you know, so what? You have to keep going when it comes to weight loss. I have to tell myself that same stuff when it comes to this. It's tough to be my age. And, you know, that's kind of a cop out because I felt the same way when I was 24. I felt out of alignment with where I was and I felt old then too. That's just an attitude that I've always taken because I'm not living at the level that I pictured in my head. And the level that I pictured in my head, is that false? Is that crazy? Is that based on some Hollywood notion? Is that based on some kind of fake reality that capitalism has given me that I should have an infinity pool in the Hollywood Hills or in Malibu? Or is that just Los Angeles? What is it that makes me want to strive for those things? And is that bad? There's two halves of me, and it's probably not that clear percentage, but one of them is all I need is to be in the mountains with the person I love and nothing else matters. And that's mostly how we live. And then the other half of me is, you lazy, no good, idiot, dumb, dumb jerk. And most of that is extremely vulgar, not the way I presented it. You are the smartest person you know. You're handsome. You're tall. Why are you not doing the things that you should be? Why are you not crushing this life, bro? And I oscillate. And those two halves, those two hemispheres do not get along. It's like the Zen jerk is what I would call myself. Trying to achieve peace with my moment presented to me with my therapist, Dr. Steve Nelson, when I was 17 was my first goal. But it was always to achieve a certain level of harmony to be able to then go after what it is I felt was my mission in life. So there was always, yes, I want to get Zen. <laughs> this is so, this is so funny. I want to get Zen and then I want to be a billionaire. And my want for that seems less and less as I get older, a desire for Ferraris and all these absolutely insane things and more of the kind of access to stuff that we see in the 1%. And I'm not trying to be political. I deliberately do not do that on this show. A lot of my desire now is not as much the money. I want that byproduct because I think my wife needs more access. I want her to have an agent and a manager. She sang the other day. Oh my God, I hadn't heard her sing in as long as I can remember. Her voice is incredible. 
I took her yoga class today. Everyone is in awe of what she's able to do. She's an incredibly beautiful, the most talented person I ever met. When I saw her dance, remember, she was a professional ballerina. And when I saw her dance, I was transfixed. It's one of the things that made me obsessed with her. I had never seen anyone do anything as well as I saw her do that. And she's so talented. And one of the reasons I want more influence is so I can bring her light to light. Uh, that sounds weird, but it's true. And when I'm not doing that, here's the hard part on me. Some of you may understand this. I feel like an asshole. I don't usually cuss, but I think that's important. Because here I am with all these abilities. Here I am in the right city, in the right town, in the right time period. And I'm not living at that level. And I'm not able to do these things for people. What a jerk I am for not being able to do that. And then I say, well, how am I missing this? What am I not seeing? What am I not doing? And I look at the people who are there and they've had luckier circumstances or they've had a break. Why, why, why? I said I could empathize with the people who are trying to lose weight. Listen to me now. I'm feeling sorry for myself. And just like them, they're trying to do good in their life. The people who I talked about in the last episode about weight loss. And just like me, I'm trying to do good in my life and I'm trying as hard as I can and I don't find results. Or I'm not seeing the results, right? So I don't know what powers the universe, God, the sky lizard are doing outside of my purview. I have to at least admit that because I'm not all <laughs> knowing. Omnipotent? Yeah, I think that's it. So I don't know what I don't know. But I do know that I'm not living at the level I believe I'm supposed to. And that makes me feel out of alignment with who I am. And that makes me feel miserable. And then I also have to admit to myself, well, Jet, you also have specific chemical imbalances that were diagnosed over decades. So I have to go, okay, well, your chemicals are screwed up too. And you do have a genuine desire to help people. And that's good. But it's not good in a vacuum. And I don't mean like a Dyson vacuum. That doesn't make sense. I mean isolated. My comedy is to make people laugh. And before I started doing stand-up, I had this stupid BS line that was from a guy who was actively drinking, which was, I don't want to do comedy because I don't want to bring joy to the world. Ho, ho, ho. That's my impression of me. <laughs> but I do. And there's still a voice inside my head that if you've listened to the other shows, you'll understand, which is this, oh, unbelievable masculinity that came to me from the 80s and the 90s. That Those decades that I was brought up in, that was a huge value. And so it says, bring it good to the world. That's lame, brah. I'm going to punch you in the face, bro. Two for flinching. That's what my brain feels like. But it's true. I want to help people because it's been tough for me and I don't want it to be tough for you. And if I can do something to alleviate that pain, that's great. It's what I'm trying to do for my wife all the time, but I'm too close to the fire. You heard that one of my biggest desires is to give her a better life. I look at myself. Let's get real honest, okay? Let's put on the honesty helmet and the super genuine shoes and the no more BS scarf. Okay, now that we have a helmet, shoes, and a scarf, and we're totally nude, and we look very strange, we're wearing all that stuff that makes us honesty. What? Yep, you heard it. Words are good, and I use them great. I feel like my wife would be better off with someone else sometimes. Not because I think that she would be loved better, not that she would be adored or all the things that I'm able to give her. When I asked her to marry me, the only thing I promised her, by the way, that was at, on the balcony of Club 33 at Disneyland, when I asked her to marry me, I said, I promise you nothing other than you'll never be bored. And I mean, <laughs> that was just what I thought. I know all my great qualities, but I look at her and I see her, especially when she's teaching this class at the gym and I go, this woman is a 10 and she's with this idiot. <laughs> what, is that? what does that make you? No, I'm not a loser, but I think of myself that way sometimes at my lower points and I go, why is this woman with me? Now, in the past, I would have self-sabotaged. Thank God I have enough psychotherapy. I forgot the name psychotherapy. 
That's the name of the show. You say it every time, you dunderhead. <laughs> what a goomba. Anyway, I have enough psychotherapy to understand that that would be self-sabotage. And I had done that in my previous relationships where I'd say they're better than me and then I'd booby-trap the relationship. I'm not going to do that with Gina. 15 years and going strong. So I won't self-sabotage, but I do look at her and I go, she should be with someone who's making a million dollars a year. She should be with a dentist or a lawyer. Like a mother would say to her, you should marry dentist. And that, of course, is an impression of a German family. So I feel that way. And it's because I'm out of alignment with my moment. Now, when I talk to my friends, they're like, Jet, the minute someone hears your show, the minute someone hears your comedy, everything's going to change. And I've seen this happen to people. And I go, that's what they said about my uh, hosting job. That's what they said about me when I was acting. When I first got into the Screen Actors Guild, they're like, one thing's going to happen, then it's all going to happen. And then the excuse is, well, this is the thing you're supposed to do. And I'm not saying it's not, but can you see where the faith would run a little thin? Last year was one of the hardest years of my life because of the falling out with my family. Then my mentor and one of my best friends on earth, I got to see him die slowly this year. And then another one of my friends died in a motorcycle accident. Have I done some things that were good? Sure. Is life supposed to be easy? No. But would I like something to bend in a direction that gives me an opportunity to bring what it is I do to a larger audience? Yeah, I would. So why did I get on the mic today? <laughs> to complain to an audience that I don't have an audience? Cuckoo, cuckoo. No, you're listening to this. So there's an audience. I'm saying it because if you hear me say it, maybe there's a part of you that goes, wow, this guy gets it. He's so vulnerable. When people say that to me, by the way, when they go, certain episodes it's been a lot less lately because i've been in a good spot but ones like this are like man you're so brutally honest and vulnerable and it sounds like it's your therapy and you're really just such a wreck and you're a loser they don't say this but just let me run with it you're so stupid and fat and ugly and no one likes you man i love your show for that reason again this is all fake but stay with me and i go what that's a bunch of mean stuff you just said it's a lighter version of this uh no that's not what I thought it was. I thought it was just me being real and hoping that other people who need to hear someone be real uh, are, are having that resonate with them. Stop calling me a loser. There's some realness for you. That story is based on a true story. But it is funny to me when people are like, <laughs> I love your show because you're so horrible. <laughs> you know, I guess at least they like it. It's better than saying you're such a loser and I hate you for that. I had to cancel my rock climbing membership because I messed up my ankle in March. And last year at this time, my favorite thing in the world was the fact that I was rock climbing. And I had to cancel it because I jumped off 15 feet from a rock wall and just destroyed my ankle, fractured a bunch of stuff, tore a bunch of ligaments. And it's still too bad to do that. So I'm having to switch gears. So that's bumming me out a little bit. Here, I'll go down a list. Here, I'll go down a, that's a, a danky of some kind. I'll go down a list of things that are bumming me out to make your day better. That's what I'm here for, to make you sad through my sadness. I don't want to give you a show that is not uplifting, that isn't funny, that isn't light, but I have to give it to you the way it is. And I knew I had to get on the mic. I knew I had to tell you what I felt. And I always hope it helps. You know, I don't get as much feedback as I used to because the people who are listening to it regularly, who I know, when I talk to them, they're like, yeah, I'm just listening to it. It's good. So they just say, yeah, I'm listening to it. And that's it. So I don't know. And I'm going to be on set tomorrow and I have some other things. I'm going to do stand up on Wednesday. I just, I don't know if it's anxiety because in the last episode I talked about how I'm not mostly anxious. I mean, I'm always anxious, but I guess I just don't deem it anxiety because I think most people are anxious. 
it's so much a part of me that I, I don't really define it. It also takes a passenger seat to all my other issues. <laughs> and I look at it and I go, what am I going to do this week to change everything? Is that a lot of pressure that I want to end this week with a house in Malibu with an infinity pool? Is that unreasonable to want the things I want? But I have to then look at myself and say, Jet, you're okay. This is the voice in my head that tells me I'm okay. You're okay. You know, you've done a lot. You did stand up this year. You've really worked hard. You ice picked almost to the top of Mount Whitney. You've been a better husband. You're still sober. You're trying your best. You're, you're working on that script. Did I already say you're fit? Boy, this person's hitting on me, I think, a little bit. Did I say that's good you've done your show? I mean, almost 50 episodes, that's something. Give yourself a round of applause. No, I will not do that. That's preposterous. You're a great guy, and we like you. We want you to know you're doing fine. Stop giving yourself such a hard time. That helps no one. Who is this person? So I guess I'll have to take that person's advice. I have to be okay with where I am right now to be able to go anywhere else. I need to be able to take a moment in my life and say everything's fine because, I mean, that whole idea of it could be a lot worse. Has that ever helped anyone? It could be a lot worse. <laughs> That's not a good thing to tell someone who thinks it. I remember that advice as a kid, man. Oh, you think it's bad. It could be a lot worse. Wow. Okay. Well, let me be surprised. I don't want to know it's going to be a lot worse. Don't ruin the ending for me. I'm entitled to this, you know, feeling less than perfect. And having to take analysis. I want to give my wife all the things she deserves. I want to have a life where I'm able to help more of you. I want to see the results of my effort. That's how I feel right now. I hope you're listening to this as your cup of coffee in the morning. Because man, is this electrifying. Thank you for listening. You're amazing. You're doing great. Never stop stopping. I'm Jet Dunlap. I am out of words. And this is The Psychotherapy. Psychotherapy.